This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Pius XIII is a great poem, but life evolves in spite of us. And welcome to episode three of Papal Bull Resurrection, a companion podcast to The New Pope. With me this week and every week is my co-host, a man who uh, mm, mm-hmm. it might be the Pope. We're not quite sure yet. Uh, Eric Thurm. That is me. That's uh, you. The ambiguous Pope. You're, uh, I forgot to mention that you're fan bites. Uh, Chief liturgical correspondent. That's correct. And uh, theological uh, corresp- expert. And theological expert, political commentator. And we're, we're joined today uh, by our second ever guests, Chris Wade and Molly O'Brien, co-hosts of and introducing the world's best music biography podcast. Best and most. Most. most yes. It's only. Most. Yeah. Only. Okay. Only. 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 Uh, as far as we know, actually, yeah. I've never seen somebody and else I'll that never does look something. For it yeah, anywhere else. And, and this, I should mention also that this is the only young slash new pope podcast. Yes. <laughs> so don't believe the hype if you've heard about another one. Oh, also, I'm Merritt Kay, and I'm the features and trending editor of <laughs> Fanbyte.com. In case you got this far and somehow didn't know that. We're, we're I thought you were like, the features like, editor for the the podcast for the podcast. Like, cool. <laughs> also that, yeah. <laughs> like like John Malkovich in this episode, we're taking a very long time to introduce ourselves to the world. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I would love to start with a a new segment that we're bringing to the show. The first new segment of uh, People Bowl Resurrection. Uh, in a segment for guests that I am calling confessional. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, welcome to... Con- it's not as exciting as that sounds. Uh, in <laughs> confessional, I would love for you guys to start off uh, and tell us a little bit about your relationship with Catholicism, <laughs> if any, and your relationship with the young Pope, if a lot. Which which a lot? Uh, do you want to go first or should I? You, you and, should and also, And also maybe start us off with a, you know, I don't know if you like need to talk about sins, but like you can ask for... We'll, we'll, we'll do confession. Bless, bless me, Eric. Fives yeah, in. Yeah. It has been like seven years since my last confession. No, you can start, Chris. Uh, I have only epigenetic memories of Catholicism. Uh, my both my parents uh, were, um, you know, my mom was born from German and Italian Catholics in Cincinnati, and my dad's family is straight Irish Catholic. Uh, so grandparents' generation very Catholic. Uh, but I think like a lot of people who were raised by very Catholic families, like American white ethnic families in the middle of the 20th century, they uh, grew up deciding that they hated the Catholic church. So I had none of that. Um, though I guess you would say that I am like then culturally Catholic. Were you baptized? Uh, I don't think so. I don't even know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You're going to hell. Yeah. Uh, but Congrats. like all of the, my, uh, you know, genetics and like family structures, like have the signs of like a Catholic family, you know, like very Italian on my mom's side and like penitently Irish on my dad's side. So uh, that's my relationship to it. I didn't really uh, do any uh, churching when I was young. Uh, 
like my parent, my mom specifically was very resentful of the Catholic church because she, um, my mom's, my mom's dad died suddenly very young. And, um, my mom's mom eventually found a guy who I only, who I knew my entire life is my grandpa who, um, you know, was, they was her second husband and they fell in love and she wanted to marry him. And the Catholic church was like, he is divorced. Absolutely fucking not. No way. And he was like already taking care of their entire family. My mom, her three sisters, uh, my grandmother at the time. Uh, and so they got married anyway. And the fucking Catholic church excommunicated. Wow. My, uh, grandma that's like pretty metal actually yes respect to your grandma yeah what did, i mean so, yeah what did they convert to i i think she just kept practicing catholicism as like a uh out, out, like i don't know what you would call it like non non-welcomed she catholic did at home catholicism youtube videos yeah exactly wait is that a thing though i wonder if that's a thing like people who have been like kicked out of the church and that but then still fundamentally like believe in it mm-hmm. but it's just been decided that they don't get to be part uh, of it anymore. Yeah, it's called Satanism. <laughs> no, but I, just opposite. Okay. No, but I'm serious. There must, that must be a thing, right? Yeah. I don't know if like, I actually don't know what the deal was. And I, I, I should actually talk to my mom about this because I think it was like, I think she like still went to church or like had to just move churches and just like kind of practice Catholicism in sin in Catholicism for the rest of her life. I don't know. Very, Tactical very Christian action. Yeah. <laughs> she had to like stealth maneuver into the church. Yeah. yeah. She wore like a big hat like over her covering half her face or something. Metal yeah. gear Christian. So anyway, my mom hated the church because they were uh, mean to her mom. Uh, and that's basically my memory of this. Yes. Molly. Uh, I was raised Catholic. I was baptized. I was confirmed. Uh, my confirmation name is Teresa, the Spanish one, not the French one. That's important to distinctivize. Uh, my parents were obviously both raised Catholic. They thought it sucked, but they were still like, we got to like go through the whole motions. That's uh, very Catholic. It's super Catholic. Yeah. No, they like, my dad went to Catholic school. Oh God. So yeah, I, I grew up doing the whole like Sunday school thing. And then my big act of rebellion was like two weeks before I was supposed to get confirmed telling my mom, like, I don't believe in God. So can we like not do this? Cause it's going to be like you know, fake. It's just gonna be doing it for clout. And she was like, "Can you just do like it for the vine? Yeah, just, do, it, do it for the do bite it for the gram." Uh, and she was like, "Can do you please just like for the sake of like my whole family, like not not fuck <laughs> this up?" And I was like, "Oh, so like that's what that's what religion is about is just like keeping like it's about family. It's about family yeah. as yeah. as uh John John Paul the third eventually yeah. pontificates is like it's all about the fam. He literally does. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's the only person in the world who gets to actually pontificate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah literally. So Wait. yes, that that's my background with Catholicism. I'm not a practicing Catholic can, currently, can, uh, but that's why I love I love the young pope. Yeah. I love the can, new pope you, can you guys give us a, a brief amount of flavor about your thoughts about the first season? Uh, I mean, I got into this basically because of you uh, just <laughs> texting me young Pope memes like seven times a day for like four straight weeks. And I was like, I guess I need to watch this. And then as soon as you start watching it, you're like, oh, yeah, this does rock. It's a oh, it's a hilarious, like psychedelic, bizarrely sincere, but also deeply cynical uh, examination of like faith and politics and society comma we live in yeah uh, it does say a lot about society yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's great it's a i mean i feel like people uh uh throw around the can throw around this term a lot but in, in terms of things on tv that you could like honestly describe as uh 
Lynchian that isn't just like totally ripping it off. It's like it's like Lynchian plus a, uh, just a a uh, generous label ladle of like Catholic imperious elegance. Mm. Um, and it's it's great. It's I love I love the show. We love it, to see it. It's about the best show on TV, I would think. One of other my than other than the Venture Brothers, yeah. Yeah, it really. Ugh. I remember when the first season aired. Uh, there were people who were like, "The most Lynchian show on TV this year is Legion." Legion, which was the year a year that both The Young Pope and Literal Twin Peaks aired on television, <laughs> and people were like, "Whoa!" Just like totally mind blowing because he's like his hair stand up and psyched like crazy. Um, Wait, have I told my Catholic origin story on this podcast? Should we? Are you, do you do you have, do you want to do it now or should we save it? Because you did it, you did it, you did it in our last episode. Oh, maybe we should include that as like a carrot for people. I mean, to, I don't know where our, it that's is. Each episode, it's it's literally it's lost. Literally lost. <laughs> oh no! I mean, I'm sure I I'm we'll sure I could it. find it, but no, it's in, it's all written on the gold discs. Oh yeah, what Mormonism? That's shit. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, you're doing more. Yeah, doing that's Mormonism things. That shit or Voyager shit. Yeah. Honestly, oh, <laughs> both good. No. Um. No, both both kind of similar in relation to the greater Star Trek and Christian canon. I think um, Voyager, in many ways, is the Mormonism of of Star <laughs> Trek. Um, yeah, wait, no, be, you know this, right? That like my dad's family was Catholic, and uh, he went to Catholic school as well. And uh, but I didn't grow up with any of that because my mom was just like folk religion england like <laughs> believes in ghosts but like not in god <laughs> like oh hell yeah which is like a really cool cosmology <laughs> F- fairies fits. right like 60 percent of British yeah. people are like no fairies are literally yeah real. no it's just yeah. like fucked up fairies and spirits and shit and like dead people can live as ghosts and um mom i'm not making fun of you if you listen to this i think that's very cool that you have that you're able to believe in ghosts um I mean, Catholicism literally believes in go- ghosts. Oh, yeah. I it, mean, if you're just like a does, passive yeah. observer in it, you're you're like, oh, yeah, it's just religion and God and love and whatever. But it's like, no, a, a literal every Sunday, a literal wizard is going to yes. physically transmogrify. That's one of my favorite things. Physical objects into the, the flesh and blood of a living deity that you will then consume right. in a cannibal uh, a ritual of sanctifying yourself. Right. With their, it's 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 totally bizarre. Yeah, I mean, because you look at you look at Catholicism and you look at the communion and you're like, oh, I see how this symbolizes the body and blood of Christ. Incorrect. No. <laughs> yes. There's no symbolism there. It literally is turned into that, which is pretty wild. Yeah, I, re- I remember the the like Sunday school class where we like learned about transubstantiation, and everyone in the classroom room was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it's so no- shit is you just, crazy. You just grow up and you're like, I'm eating every since like eight, age eight to like age sixteen. You're like, yeah, I'm just eating Jesus crackers, like NBD, and then it's like, yeah. no, 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 like that is him. Yeah, that's dude. my body. That's my blood. Yeah, if you Everyone are a Catholic, out. can you actually be vegetarian? Wait, what? Whoa, we we can't. <laughs> we, whoa, whoa, wait, because you have to, because it becomes the flesh. Oh that's like meat. Ah, oh, that's a good question. The There's- greatest threat in foreign. <laughs> yeah but uh my family are terrible catholics and um one easter my uncle when they were still pretending to try uh my uncle said that we were gathered there to celebrate the birth of jesus Ooh, (laughs) that's christmas dog (laughs) it's the rebirth easter is the death one (laughs) that's where he died easter is uh is birth part two 
yeah birth to the return he he comes back i just want to say uh to all of our faithful catholic listeners who do believe in the miracle of transubstantiation we do love and respect your beliefs Um, no i think it's metal as hell yeah it's fucking sick if you can to me yeah i just have nothing but respect in that like if you can wrap your mind around that and like that's chill honestly like great our mini 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 my mind is just too small uh uh to the entire italian cast of the of the <laughs> new and young pope who we know are listening yes. uh yeah do do we do we want to use that to start talking about this third episode yes. of the new pope okay so there's a lot of stuff happening here uh i think we should start by talking about all of the additional things that we learn about uh john brannix who by the end of this episode has become pope john paul iii um like right because they're still wooing him at the beginning of the episode yeah, right mm-hmm. and in that process we learn what? So, yeah, so we learn a lot of things uh the maybe does everyone have like a a, a most fun thing that, i mean we're all there? thinking the same thing right now oh, no, no, go then go, go go say say your thing fucking Meghan markle yeah <laughs> like so, the fact that she calls him and asks him for fashion advice because she thinks he's gay or something and like there's multiple scenes where he flexes by just being like oh uh, tell her i'll call her back or just like oh it's dreadful that he, Meghan he, is called he says he says they want to be influences yet they don't know color combinations <laughs> that is and the it, most important thing about that's wild yeah. yeah and and so i am of two minds about this First, it's extremely funny that this joke is already dated. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, like very, very We're, powerful that this is Eric. Like, this is probably the, shot like in August or something, yeah. right? <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's more relevant than ever because yeah. they're reti- they're stepping back from the uh, from the royal family and uh, English royal family take the step back from the royal family challenge. I would want each of them to take a step back <laughs> away from it until there are none left, and then the yeah. queen dies and they're done. Uh, yeah, Prince Andrew, if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but maybe that. What are they going to be if they're like retired no, royals? They're, they're, they're going to be influencers. Gonna be influencers. Just no, regular they're, rich they're people. Making, yeah, they're making like nor, like real entertainment deals. I think they're going to get basically like an Obama Netflix sure. style production deal. Um, which like yeah, if you can get that work, great. I I did have a thought though. While and I, I think it does. This doesn't work in the first scene, but in the second scene when she calls him while he's talking to Sophia, there was definitely a brief moment where I was like, he maybe is making up this phone call. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, cool. it does sound like that because in that scene also he talks about having like, like Sophia says that she found a picture of him with the Queen on oh, his yeah. desk, and he's like, as one gets old, one must resort to these measures. <laughs> We, can we all agree he's definitely horny for he's her right he's so yes. horny yes but he's horny in like a like a like a he's horny for her elegance like, yes i don't know if he he's, wants to he's horny her he's very soul. he's horny in a respectful way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, he's uh, he's almost got the because they these last two or three episodes i guess two uh it, you know he's sequestered in this like giant uh british his familial uh mansion home on an estate we don't see any of him like doing priest or cardinal shit he's mostly just wearing like fancy suits suits and stuff there's a little feeling of like i don't know like beauty and the beast energy of this like mm. self uh the rose the yeah, roses yeah. yeah this like self secluded person who is like tormented by his place uh in society and then he's visited by all the these people who are like trying to entice him to come by all out. these candelabras and forks <laughs> and, and yeah, dancing forks. and, and yeah. his his like you know magical butler yeah danny uh <laughs> wow that's yeah i could see that i'm just picturing voyello as like 
a dancing candelabra singing like be our guest now. He's he's a co- Voyello is a Cogsworth. If yeah. Co- oh boy, yeah. yeah, he is a Cogsworth. He and a Cher is a Lumiere. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, anyway, who's, uh, wait, who's Gutierrez? <laughs> Sorry, what what a uh, the, the chip chip yeah chip yeah, yeah. definitely chip. Oh, he's so cup. sweet. Oh, I love him. Wow, that's very powerful. Uh, and because they have a, they basically go on a date in this episode yeah. where they, they sit in his screening room that I guess they have in the house <laughs> and Amazing. watch Easy Rider. Uh, yeah, d- like, I don't know. Does anyone have thoughts about why they would be watching that movie? I mean, uh, Sorrentino's, that's the creator's name, right? Sorrentino, yeah. his relationship to pop culture is so, seems so bizarre and delightful to me because every time he pulls out something, like when, fucking sophie tucker was the drop music for uh-huh. this we were uh, like I, molly and i were like losing our shit <laughs> uh and and stuff so i don't know it's hard to buy in how much he in any given like pop culture drop he intends things to be like ironic or funny or if he's right like like in this first season when he plays sexy and i know it you're like is this a joke or is <laughs> like, i feel like he's exposed he to it. one piece of pop culture like every three years so i I, yeah i will say you can you can uh if you're interested you can look up an interview that i did with palo sorrentino about why they chose this song uh, (laughs) lmfao and he basically was like yeah someone played it and i thought it was good (laughs) yeah (laughs) right yeah yeah, so he he it does i mean it does it does feel important because it sets up this conversation that they have uh about branix's pop culture heroes uh, mm-hmm. including and he talks about his favorite famous people dennis hopper jack nicholson sean penn sharon stone and marilyn manson which i think tells you one that he has like very weird boomer taste yes. wait yeah. wait wait but it's possible that in this universe he's seen the super mario brothers movie <laughs> with dennis hopper as oh, no. as bowser yeah he probably like, if he's a if he's a dennis hopper like dvd completist and right. he's like well i gotta I, he's he he's is in, it. in it <laughs> i gotta watch it <laughs> wait has anyone actually seen easy rider because i feel like i've only no. ever seen parodies I, I, of it i have yeah okay uh i i was a freshman in college once uh nick 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 uh indians that's what jack nicholson d- does when he uh takes a shot out of his his uh flask he he says he says Brannock says that he likes all these pop culture people because they seem free mm-hmm. and by they seem free i assume he means that they had room available on their schedules <laughs> uh, because God. two of these people Sharon Stone and Marilyn Manson will be appearing in the new Pope that's not a spoiler they like very publicly announced this yeah uh, and he he basically is like I'm excited to become the Pope so I can like meet these chill pe- I can like meet people uh, honestly very relatable you know uh, the thing that I if look if I was like running for president or any of that shit or, or something you know I'd be like look this is gonna be like a lot of fucking stressful work but I will get to meet a bunch of famous and that'll be fun power power is good that yeah way. yeah uh yeah and then <sighs> sophia says that he reminds her of one of her favorite actors john oh. malkovich <laughs> do, do we pulled l- a, um a julia roberts in uh oceans was it 13 12 or, that's 12, 12 yeah where she uh pretends to be julia roberts yeah I don't know if there's like a long German word for that like concept in in film or oh, TV. Well, I 12. feel like <laughs> I mean it's not the first time he's done it, right? Like being John Malkovich. Yeah, I mean he has been like ironically a star. Yeah. For almost his entire career, it's kind of his thing. Yeah, he pl- he's played John Malkovich definitely more than anyone else it, has. It's I very. <laughs> it was very. F- 
It's very fun, but it uh, it is a little bit like I feel like I was kind of hoping if they were going to do that, that they would kind of dig into it a little bit more. Right. This is just a literal like wink at the camera, yeah. and it's like, mm, yeah. I come mean, on. If, look, if like this is episode three, and if like in episode eight. John Malkovich showed up as John Malkovich, I would be like, great. Yeah, that would be pretty fantastic. You know, seed planted and then it blooms later on. And there is precedent for that because Merritt, as you uh, researched earlier, we can confirm exclusively, uh, right, that that uh, Sylvia Orlando is plays Hernandez. Oh, yeah, he's we, both of them. Yeah. We definitely thought that was a different guy. Yeah, we were wrong. It's uh, not. It's just him and they covered the mole somehow. He's undefeated. Or, or is that a well, fake mole? No, it's a fake. It's a fake mole. Uh, okay. Can we talk about that guy? That, I'm sure you've mentioned this uh, in earlier episodes about this, but one of the things I think is so amazing about this series and so, I mean, there's always a kind of meta things with with something about this where you are appreciating it because you're actually enjoying the narrative and of the show. But then also that I'm just appreciating it because it's so bizarre that something like this is like leading the HBO lineup right now. Mm -hmm. Like this and the outsider are the two main shows. And this is the show where for the first like two full episodes, a completely unknown Italian middle-aged normal looking guy is leading an HBO series in America and it rocks because he yeah. he rocks. I know I wouldn't. Well, re- relatively unknown in America. Yeah, to an American audience. An, yeah. But that's one of the things that's like incredible about this show and about the young Pope is that like the faces on display here are just out of this world. Yeah. Like this is Sopranos level variety of faces. <laughs> of, of Italian like, dudes. Of a weird Italian dude faces. <laughs> and it's like, so good. You, you could very easily cast almost any actor from The Sopranos in one of the cardinal roles. Oh and it my would god, be very good. Uh, wonder Paul Sierra, Paul like uh, yeah, Tony Sirico. Yeah, uh, no, that, it's amazing to to come in on this first episode, the returning series, and you know, like the still on HBO is John Malkovich, Jude Law. We, we look, you you thought you had enough two pope action with the two popes. G- get ready for even hotter version of two popes. John Malkovich, Jude Law, two two popes together. First episode, no. Here's a bunch of weird looking Italian guys with head thick, <laughs> thick accents. Yeah, they really bury the lead. <laughs> uh, are arguing about uh, papal uh, uh, politics for for sixty minutes. Uh, you know, t- true new pope heads only. But it is. I mean, it's such a relief, honestly, to watch normal people oh, yeah. on television, like people who aren't so like sculpted and yeah, and, uh, I, uncanny. Looking. I can't watch most normal TV because I'm just like, like I wa- I watch a lot of older shows and a lot of like British shows because I feel like in England you're allowed to look normal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at like the way that things have changed with like HD cameras and stuff over the last like thirty or forty years in the states, like how even sitcom actors look has like changed so much. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's so smooth. Everyone's so smooth. Everyone's like, yeah. Like, like think about like the ca- the supporting cast of Cheers versus right. like the supporting cast of, I don't know, Modern Family or whatever. We're like literally everyone on that show is a model except for uh, uh, what's the, the married with children guy's name. Oh, um, uh, oh, I only on, remember. Come on, uh, his name is Al on the show. Yes, Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill. Yeah, literally everybody on that show is a model except Ed O'Neill, who's like the one legacy cast of like you can look normal. Yeah, you're allowed. You've earned it. It's you're uh, grandfathered in. Uh, speaking of this, uh, yes, the supporting cast of Cheers, including Cardinal John Ratzenberger. 
that's a callback to last week's episode. Oh my god, yeah, we really fucked uh, that one up. We, we we did. It was great. It's uh, okay. We're allowed to fuck up as many times yeah. as we want because we just get to confess afterwards. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, so, that that like that joke, I feel like, is a weird like turning point because after that. All of the other stuff with his papacy becomes like very serious. Like that's the scene that happens right before they're like, also ISIS is back. Oh yes. Oh yeah. What is going on with that? Oh yeah. They're just back. They're back at it again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You do not under any circumstance have to give them a hand. And they just are there. They do. an uh, apparently there's like an attack on a church in Somalia and everyone's very sad. Uh, But then uh, it becomes an excuse basically for Gutierrez and Branex to have a conversation in which he meant like this is going to i think lead to a bigger question about other stuff that brandix says in this episode he says like i'm devastated do you find me bombastic (laughs) and it's like he's not and then he says that he is and there's is so much sort of like waffle either waffling or like knowing performance on his part i honestly am having a very hard time pinning down what irony level brandix is on oh no i don't think i mean i think he is is on like a mid-tier one but honestly he's like playing this character of someone who has just been like so extraordinary like been so extraordinarily fucked up by his childhood and parents that it's like truly incredible like he he's a child effectively Mm -hmm. but he's a very like he's like a smart child he's a smart oh no he's like a a gifted child child. yeah Yeah. but he's like he's just a child who looks like john malkovich that's yeah really is a child who like looks like a smart no he's a smart child but like he is still a child and like that whole speech he gives to his parents is like something a teenager would say right like when he's yelling at them and it's like i'm gonna be the pope now you didn't believe in me well fuck you i'll show you i'll show you all it's that's because that's the scene where i think of these two episodes malkovich is really he's like emoting them that's like the oh most yeah no he lets mm, loose there yeah is, yeah well because he's like again he's playing this character who is like um like has anyone read the drama of the gifted child i have not okay I've but i know i know it's mentioned uh quite extensively in the alison bechtel book are you my mother mm. but he is playing the archetype of that of like this emotionally controlled like super intelligent overachieving guy who like just has all these fucked up hangups with his parents and like because that's the only scene that he really like lets loosen right that's true and I, i'm ex- i'm interested to see how that goes uh, you know to both of your points erica like what irony level he's on and your mm-hmm. analysis of him as large chi- large child uh because it's uh, apparently all the people around him and uh you know all the the, the plotting cardinals voello and those guys seem to Think of him as, as you know, he has the right qualities. He has this gentle kindness uh, plus worldliness that is the kind of thing that we seek to, like, run this narrow ledge of what the pe- the Pope needs to be, like a, a, a person who is everything to all people. Uh, but in that one scene where he explodes his family, we see, like, oh, maybe this is not, like, a, a wise innocence of an of an older knowledgeable person but like the petulant childishness mm-hmm. of somebody who has been uh extremely sheltered and uh resentful their entire life. Yeah, we we learn a lot about the family history here where he he basically like goes and like I, it seems like this also is maybe the first time he's speaking to his parents in years like directly to them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and he just yells at them and is like you thought Adam was going to be the Pope. Well, guess what? I'm going to be the Pope now. I became my brother in the hopes of bringing a smile to your faces. I will be Pope and I will continue to forsake myself. And and it really, 
I don't remember who, who was talking about this while we were watching the episode, but you every single time someone gives a speech about what it means to be the Pope uh, on the yeah. show, it's just like you get a lot of very powerful acting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's like Game of Thrones shit. Yeah, like, I'm going to be the Pope now. The game of the game of popes. Um, game of popes. But yeah, and he says love is uh, forsaking yourself, and that's what he learned from his parents. That's what love means to him because someone asks him in episode two what love means to him and he doesn't he, actually he asks, answer. He asks everybody. No, he else. asks them. Yeah. And then I think someone asks him, or maybe he doesn't, but he doesn't give an answer. And yeah. then he does here where he's just like, it means just like forsaking yourself for a everyone thing, else. A thing I want to like point out, and I, I don't know if there's like anywhere to go on this, but I just like w- want to point it out because it's been really bothering me is that it's, he says that their parent his parents expected adam to be the pope and he was also like going into the priesthood which means that his parents plan for their family was to like kill their family right yeah right because they were like we talked about this last week yeah because like the the going into the church thing is like a second son thing to do uh very weird to put both kids into the church unless you're just it's trying to sp- uh, play the field of getting one of your sons to be the Pope. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's more important than, yeah. you know, continuing. That's your, your legacy. Family. Well, yeah. um, I mean, I guess there could also be like a, well, I don't know. There definitely is not like a secret older child, although that would be a very good like third season. Like, Oh, of course it's like the older child that we never mentioned. No, yeah. I think partly what it is, is that John is like trying to be Adam. Like literally assume his like his identity in like a almost right. like a comic book way. Yeah, he does say that. I became my brother in the hopes of bringing a smile to your faces, and he but he yeah. It is weird when they're both dressing up in like junior, uh, yeah. priest outfits, like teens wearing like the collar and stuff. Like that's like I didn't question that the first time I watched this episode, but then this time I was like, why are they doing <laughs> is this? That? Is this allowed? Is this allowed? <laughs> Can anyone just put that on? <sighs> Although I'm sure in like most traditional Catholic raisins, like if you really went into the priesthood, you were wearing a, ca- a collar and doing shit by the time you were like 18 because that say, was like halfway through your life. Oh, yeah, you true. Like Doogie Hauser being a priest <laughs> where you're just like super advanced and then by the time you're like, I don't know, 13 or something, you're like, yeah, you're good enough to That's, lead a I, parish. That feels like, so this is, I'm like 100% talking out of my ass here. That feels like more of a distinctly like Protestant yes. thing. Yeah. Like of like child, child preachers. Prodigy, yeah. yeah. That, that's like a mm, true, real. Yeah. Because you actually don't want hyper charismatic leaders in the ca- in the Catholic church because everybody, the point is conforming to the top down dogma, not like inspiring people from being like a scribe. Right. Yeah. Then, you're, then you have idolatry, which yeah, is yeah. what the problem with Jude Law or uh, Lenny, yeah. Lenny Bellardo uh, is. Which I, I want to bring up just the difference because now that there are there's a new pope mm-hmm. and there are two popes, one is sleeping and one is up. Uh, just like the difference between the ways that they interact with their concept of God. Like Lenny was just so much more like, I think the way they treated him, like he was holy, like he was having a conversation with God and you kind of... At least to me, when I see um, John talking to God, it's he's. It seems like he's more like talking to himself or talking to his brother. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's still like kind of trapped in the corporeal world. Like there's nothing that seems especially like sacred about him. Uh, I, do you do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time revisiting uh, the young pope because I know you guys already did it. But you know, this is this is it's me and been Molly. four it's years. Your, it's your, it's your, but you, the, you, it's your, your first uh, yeah. time to put some the some fucking on best. It moment of tv that year i think is uh jude laws commanding god to perform oh my a miracle. god the, the yeah. you must 
you must. He's I mean, powerful. Yeah. He's a powerful man. Uh, and John is like, he's fragile. He's <laughs> yeah. a porcelain. Yeah. Porcelain yeah. They're very shark. different people. It's, yeah. it's funny because we're, we're talking about him as being more like corporeal in a person given that literally we do get to see the first interaction between the two popes in which yes. ghost Lenny returns. Yes. Uh, and, and he says, God didn't like me either. Right. But that's after his parents have said, or his dad takes his mask off in that scene and says, God doesn't that's like so you. That's so fucked up. Like, I knew that the childhood <laughs> was fucked up. That's such a fucked up thing to say to your child. They really fucking Who's hate gonna him. Who's going to become the Pope? <laughs> they blame him for the death of, they think he didn't do enough to save Adam. Yeah, which we still haven't found yeah, no. what, it, what is the precise circumstance Although we do, we do, we m- mentioned this in the, uh, while we were watching, the skis are part of the, yes. the altar. The shrine that yeah. they have yeah. built up. Yeah. Uh, I do kind of, that's like one of those things where I kind of hope, uh, I mean, t- talk about Lynchian, uh, that we don't ever fully get like a f- flashback scene where we see his, his brother dying. It's like one of those things where you know, I think a lot of things like this are better when you have some questions about what the truth really is. And so I hope the death of his brother is something that we only kind of get like vague hints at. And what's in the box, too. What's in the box? Like, yeah, literally what's in the box? Oh, yeah, we still hand. don't know what's in the box. What's in the box? That can be your theme song. Yeah, that's, this is, that's the new segment, What's in the Box? Because yeah, we've well, opened the door to segment. new segments now. That's a, Let's go. We, we've done it. I mean, we've, we've added one segment. Now we can just have infinite segments. Like, I have to memorize a list of, like, 65 different segments now? Yes. I mean, uh, what's in the box? That's outrageous. It's going to be weirder and more... And there's nothing I could guess that would be I mean, insane enough. Like, last like, week, the, the we basically... Had dildo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> last week, we basically settled on, like, heroin. That's why I thought when he's talking about getting his box at night, I'm like, is it some kind of obscure like Victorian era opiate? Yeah, he's just smoking or preludes or something. Like, something with like a limited supply that they're not making that much of. I don't know. He's just addicted <sighs> to barbiturates. I I mean maybe like some kind of effect from his brother that he like. Sees. I think you said his brother's teeth while That's we what, were yeah, watching. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. It seems like a box that would be good to hold teeth, but like a lot of teeth. <laughs> like not like <laughs> one. His full, his full dental both, records. Both the baby teeth and the adult yeah, teeth. Yeah, both sets. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, fucking uh, a gold doubloon uh, that his brother kept as a keepsake. The I don't ma- know. Yeah, the, the, the magic talisman. Yeah. But like, it, maybe it's Lenny's pipe. Uh, he well he does so ghost Lenny says like you have to earn God's love like step by step by like growing mm-hmm. up you have to build your social link with God uh, which is wild because he also says when he does his sort of like big speech to to the faithful he talks about starting to learn along with them and this mm. is the thing I feel like we have sort of like <laughs> mentioned about the show but that the show basically perceives the papacy as like the start of one's life yeah instead of a thing that happens when you already have are like 70 and have like a lot of ideas about the world well that kind of made sense in the young pope because he He was young young. yeah but this john brannix is not young and his whole like i'm here to learn energy is very much just like (laughs) oh i'm just here to learn guys like just like (laughs) (laughs) we're turning this meeting into progressive stack i'm gonna take a step back just uh yeah everybody else come to the front of the mic I, I thought ally. it was like turn like a teacher like turning the chair. Around. Yeah, like, well, exactly. I'm, I'm Mr. You know, I'm Mr. Whatever. You know, you're you gonna call teach me. Mike. me. Yeah. yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I'm I'm John Paul the Third, but you can call me JP, which is 
which JP, again, JP3. JP3. <laughs> uh, which again is uh, such different energy from a last se- last season, which is you know Jude Law coming in and being like, it's not because I'm young, I'm going to be hip and cool, but no, I'm a, I'm the Daddy Dom Pope, and I'm go- here to tell you that you are you all are failing you the personally. Church. Yeah, I hate God hates you personally. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, contrast. I know we're skipping ahead a little bit. Spoilers. He accepts the the papacy after some trickery, which we should go back to later. Yeah, we'll I go know. back. To, yeah. But I just want to say, like, contrast. Uh, Brannock's first speech as Pope. It's like the middle of the day. He's talking about the family. He's talking about fragility. With like Lenny's first speech as the Pope, which was that fucking Batman ass thing where his face was shadowed and he was just like screaming about hell. <laughs> yeah. So good. Just like completely different. Yeah, he talks. Well, do we want to talk about that speech? I, I would like to talk about that little uh, uh, false back and forth before he gets into the. Oh, this, yeah. We can, uh, we can do that now. Oh, yeah. Because, boy, because, because we were just like talking about. Uh, so he's at. So. Uh, uh, John Malkovich is at the grave of his brother, uh, and then the ghost of Lenny comes up to him and, and like tells him God hated me as well. But then, you know, I honestly was kind of surprised that you know it cuts to the next day and he's like, actually, I'm not going to accept this papacy, right? Yeah, because I was thinking that oh, just literally like right. you know, he got an inspiring speech from a ghost from a ghost that's <laughs> like should be evidence of God working. Uh, and then Voilo has to do a uh, a cunning little trick to it. God, so I love good. him. This is this like whole. I mean, so I'm curious at this. Did you guys feel like this was like uh, like earnest? Like, did you guys feel like he actually was rejecting, or do you think he just like kind of wanted to push them a little bit more? <sighs> That's a tough one because it feels like he and Voyello were like doing a social dance. Like, it feels like to me, it feels like a sort of like ritual of like having to say that you're not going to do it. You have to say no, times. and then he has to say yeah. You the, have to do it like seven times, and then you can both. And then you, but then you know, of course, just to even get that like wonderful little voile of speech where he's like i couldn't be extraordinarily convincing <laughs> okay but yeah that speech like when he's talking about like sir john is a man of porcelain i am a man of steel and like <laughs> and he's talking about how he like carries all of this sin and like that character is so good because like and it, it comes up like again and again and like it was in the young pope as well but like he's basically just like He's the guy who like deals with the world yes. in the Vatican. He's like the the kind of like he's a he's a, he's a sin eater. He's a he's that. literally a sin eater. Yeah. yeah, he's like there has to be, and he says this explicitly. That's why it's so amazing. Why this whole oh, show yeah, there's is so like episode one. He's talking about like why you know, why it's so cool to think about like this world of being like he knows that the Pope has to exist in heaven, and he is the version of the Pope that has to exist on Earth. Yeah, he mm-hmm. gets in the muck uh, and. It's just I I I, I we all love Silvio Boyle, Orlando right? yeah. just like fucking yeah. killing it so like he good. carries like the first couple of episodes of he, the new Pope really he, he also says a, a thing where like they're like oh I guess maybe we can just like go with as and Voyello says because I don't think we knew this already he says that Hernandez was responsible for covering up uh, sexual abuse in the church yeah. right and it's like first of all. I'm glad that Voyello is like nominally anti-pedophile. Yeah. But he has a lot of information about the, like what, what was he doing? Well, it seems like he's, he is, I mean, just as we were just saying, he is anti sexual abuse, which is good for the basest reasons, which is like, 
we can't have this because it's bad publicity. Not because it's like morally bad, but be, it's like I don't know. I, I, I disagree. Because he, he says like, he will never be Pope as long as I live. Yeah, he seems very like he, there are like certain things because there's also He does that, have morals. There's also but... that moment later in the episode, which I really loved where he goes into the shed in the Vatican Gardens and he finds <laughs> Faisal. Faisal. Yeah, the, the refugee boy. And he just was like, who are you? And Faisal says, I'm Faisal. And then he just like shrugs and He's leaves. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like you can see the like right. math meme lady that's just like, yeah. like this is not and not worth my time. Same with the uh, the poor like nun, like kind what? of sexy chic nun whose mother is dying of cancer. Like he picks what to like ignore and what to not ignore yeah. and that's his kind of best quality that's so interesting yeah that's well, not how i read it at all yeah I, well, I, I think that he's like very crass about these things and when they're doing like the pope deliberation in the second episode and stuff and he and he's he's like like bare bones like the next pope must be uh anti-sex crimes vaguely pro-gay uh pro these things and that's or, or pro like immigration and that's it he's the papal dnc yeah he is he's like <laughs> yeah he's like there are three filters that's all we need it doesn't matter like how they came to these things like he's extremely transactional about these things which is very interesting I, it's a fascinating character because he, he has to be both transactional and a true believer at the same time yes what a rascal. What a rascal. Uh, <laughs> as as uh, Brandon Skull. Because he tricks him into being the Pope. It, it's so It's good. incredible. He, he, and it's so easy. It's, it's not it's, that hard well, either. You get this because we he says like, oh, don't worry. We found somebody else. Like, it's totally fine. And then he sort of like very slowly walks out of the room like one step at a time. Like, it's like waiting. a reverse Columbo. Yeah. <laughs> and he makes the other guy say, oh, wait, one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the the and you the shot kind of like pulls back a little bit with and focuses on him uh, as Brannix is like just out of curiosity. No, I mean, not that it's a bit. I mean, not oh, look. It's not. I mean, a big look. Deal. I don't care. I don't like, care. look. It doesn't matter. But, but who who who's it, who's who's it going to be? I also like that the the dog was like laying down at his feet, and then when you see him in the like background of the shot, like the dog is up. <laughs> like he's like wait. I want to know this too. Also, shout out literally every location in this mansion for just being a perfectly uh, composed oh space. My oh my god, All seriously! Yeah, yeah. It turns out that like being rich seems like it fucking rules. <laughs> and and he he said, well, speaking of uh, other rich people, he says, uh, you know, he gives him the name of this count, uh, and and he's like, oh, Norman nobility, <laughs> and it's like a French guy, I guess. Uh, yeah, his and, name is like Francois something, I think, right? Yeah, and 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 you could like feel like you could hear the gears turning, and Voyello's like kind of like smirking in his head. And then they they go out to the van the next day, and they're like getting ready to leave. And then he just like comes out with all of his stuff, and it just like gets into the car. It, the first thing he says to them is, "My dog gets carsick. My dog, uh, what's the dog's name? Valencia. Valencia, Valencia gets carsick. So I hope you won't mind if." Like she sits in the front. <laughs> that is so perfect that the no is when he gives them the no, he brings everyone in, sits them down. There's like this perfectly symmetrical tableau. But then when he says yes, he's just like, all right, fuck it. Let's let's drive. Like yeah. he, there's no like there's no dramatic. Yes. Like he's not comfortable with a dramatic. Yes. They they peel out of the the mansion while the beginning of Highway to Hell plays. <gasps> the doors are locked. I think you'll find escape is quite impossible. <laughs> <so John. laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, no, he's like, oh, I looked that guy up. I couldn't find him. And Boyle was like, he died six years ago. <laughs> and he like, then like, Sir John's like looking around and like the fucking like usual suspects. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he's like, oh, you rascal. And then they and all just like, like laugh. They all laugh. And it's like, he just agrees to people. <laughs> But you didn't like do a prank on it. That's why. But I think that's why it's like they all kind of knew, you know. I, I just agree. Like, ha, yeah, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. it is a very good shot though. Of all of them crammed in this minivan. Yeah. Any shot in this that has like Voyello and the new pope or the young pope or a potential pope in the foreground and like all of the like secondary cardinals, the squad, just crammed into the background, shuffling uh, simultaneously or in the back of a van or anything in, the, in this is uh, amazing. There's some great Ascente shots in this, uh, in this episode. Like there's that shot of him like spying on Branix and Gutierrez. And he's like, what is the new pope going to fuck Gutierrez instead of me? <laughs> he's so pissy. Uh, God. And then, but then they go and, and, uh, confirm that Francis the second is dead. Can I, can I, can I, yeah, can I tell you guys about this, this people tradition? Yeah, please. Yeah. So, wow, we're doing some information here. Uh, so this is from, uh, the Catholic News Agency. So we'll see. Vatican City, April 2nd, 2005. Uh, according to the Apostolic Constitution, uh, the confirming of the death of a pontiff includes an ancient tradition. The death of the Pope is verified by the Cardinal Camerlengo. I don't know exactly what that title means, but the, this, this Cardinal's job is to gently strike the Pope's head with a small silver hammer and call out his Christian name three times. Uh, to, Wait. Just to make sure. They only did it twice, though. I think they do it three times. Maybe it comes in and he, you know, it's it, before we actually see the hammer hitting, it's, I don't know, it's sure. the dialogue. Oh, this! I'm noticing that the site is telling you to sign a pro-life declaration. Oh my god! And that's how we know it. This is the real Catholic news. Uh, you guys have been uh, much deeper, uh, young young new pope followers than me. Is this a thing in like Catholic news world? I'm is what I, a thing. This show, re- I, at least from what I can tell, like not really. I think it's more of a thing in sort of like smaller Catholic site, but not like big Catholic news world because I feel like that's too dependent on the position of the church. Sure, and mm. the church like does ha- obviously is like not interested in commenting on it really. But, yeah, like, the forums are blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I assume like look if I was the kind of person who like trafficked Catholic news sites and those sites that had like a culture section, I feel like I would want this report on. This is about the most high profile meditation on Catholicism that has existed in what decades? I don't know if that, I don't know if that's true. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that like does that, but in like, I feel like they're just like used to it, you know, but not, but not specifically on like the Borgias, the contemporary Vatican. And the thing is about this is I think that this show is a very silly, very cynical, very interesting, but I don't think it is mean about Catholicism. No, but the I think thing it is takes like the idea of Catholicism extremely seriously. Oh yeah, but I think like I bet there would be people who like are Catholic and like any kind of like depiction of the church that is like complex mm-hmm. that is in it itself feels, a step yeah, yeah. too far. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I would like to hear what like Liz Brunig. <laughs> feels about this (laughs) and and, well it's it's i'm yeah i think they canonically enjoy the show uh but it's it's it wild because 
I don't know. I would love to know if there's sort of like a person whose job it is to like do the Catholic recaps. Yes, you know? yes. Right. The, like the like the holy age. Come on our know? podcast. Yes, exactly. Or like, uh, you know, when like Transparent came out or something, you know, there were like a whole spate of articles that was like, finally, the the most Jewish show of, of modern <laughs> television. Finally, our, our traditions we, are yeah, uh, represented. Thanks. But there's no, there's literally nobody writing that article about the new Pope being like, finally, a meditation, a serious meditation of like the Catholic worldview on modern television, which it is. Yeah. But I, nobody, nobody wants to write I will piece. say, w- without... I think that it would be the biggest like modern expo- TV explorations of Catholicism are like this in The Sopranos. Sure. The Sopranos is like a very, very serious meditation on Catholicism, obviously sure. in a very different way. Yeah. But like that, I bet like actually there are people who like do like Catholic recaps of The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could probably that's it. Look, if you're out there doing Catholic recaps of shit, that sounds like a good book pitch. You know, in like the ni- late nineties or something, they would have like the the philosophy of the Simpsons. They still, <laughs> they still have that. Yeah, something like that like the Catholicism of the I, Sopranos. That is a great, great book. book my bridge. my fr- a friend of mine emailed me the call for pitches for Philosophy and Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> no, I stared, I stared at the email for like twenty minutes. I was like, "Am I going to do this?" <laughs> I I did not. Um, sorry, Shinji. Uh, yeah, I mean, but it it is like there's like so much stuff happening, and I am excited for us to talk to to people who I think have a little bit more grounding because there's so much weird stuff that I think we enjoy for the the weirdness of it, but that also exists sort of on an additional level of like clearly having someone having thought a lot about the church and like what it means to them, even though they keep some distance from it. Mm-hmm. Um, including uh, maybe the weirdest part of this episode. I don't know if we want to talk about this now. The the Esther uh, subplot, yes. such as it is. Yikes! Yeah. So first of all, big yikes alert. That's our version woo, of content woo. warnings. Yeah, this is the yikes alert. Uh, I guess this is our our third new segment of the episode. The yikes alert. Yikes alert. <laughs> so many new segments. Yikes alert. Yikes alert with Esther and Fabiano. God, this fucking creepazoid. Yeah. This so- fucking hot dog looking motherfucker. Like. <laughs> fucking like someone left david bowie out in the sun and he like partially <laughs> melted like god this he he looks like the italian version of uh like a, a sam rockwell playing a villain yes oh my god yeah. wow um or he looks like a weird kind of like if someone in italy tried to draw walton goggins from memory yeah <laughs> yeah he looks like an oompa loompa escaped the factory and grew up and is like trying to hide the fact that he was once an oompa loompa and, but the 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 and the actor like he does a really good job of playing this because he, he oh looks, yeah he looks my first thought when we saw him he looks like a like parody of a character from an italian like an italian like new wave movie yeah like he doesn't look like a real person he no like that's the thing yeah he like, he looks like a i am an italian film character i feel like we passed like i feel like the aughts were the time when like euro trash was a thing and like oh, he's right. bringing it back like i feel like we forgot yeah. what euro trash was we have like- forgotten <laughs> <Euro trash. laughs> what have we forgotten <laughs> okay but so yeah we're getting into Astra's arc in this episode basically she's been like staying in the church like in a house that is like owned by that priest's friend or something and then he's coming back and he wants his house back and she has no money because she hasn't she's been like she's no job and her husband left her is my understanding that she has been monetizing her 
baby miracle yes yes, yes she no, has she 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 is probably the closest thing that the show has to a successful influencer yes because she's, she's been going on tv and newspapers. doing yeah doing yeah. doing people essays for exo jane in episode yeah <laughs> it, it happened, happened in me, me. <laughs> <laughs> in episode two though we saw that that well was starting to go dry because yeah. um she was given less than she expected from a tv producer who told her that she's been telling that miracle crap to every newspaper and tv station in the world and so she's kind of in this tough spot um Uh, one thing i thought interesting about this uh is in the first two episodes so we have kind of these uh three subplots going on and one is the terrorism thing Mm -hmm. one is this esther thing and one is the nun and yes faisal thing and in the first two episodes they were both just kind of barely hinted at like you got one scene of each of them and then this episode it felt like it really stepped on the gas for all three of them i mean the terrorism thing is still like the least fleshed out because you get like basically one scene where you're like hey guys terrorism happens they did a yes terrorism. they did a terrorism do you guys remember they done did it again when 9-11 happened <laughs> how we're always never forgetting in this house when in this house we're uh, always never day. forgetting every day but, he, but yeah i was kind of surprised that they stepped on the gas so much of this one it was a lot of there's a lot of concert content because he he they like meet at like outside the school or at like a party or something it's for pius's birthday right for pius's birthday yeah uh and and he he tells her that he you know is like a he says i do one of the world's oldest and most useless professions i repair watches uh which is i Pretty sure how the show is going to cross over with uh, Watchmen at some point. Ah, yes. His 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 uh his son or uh, heroes becomes Doctor Manhattan, uh or or Siler, uh and and Esther clearly extremely horny for him from the jump. Yes. Uh, which we get confirmed in a in a scene where one of the balloons pops at the party where they're like, oh yeah, she horny. That's symbolism. Yeah. And he. He he tells her to meet him, uh, or he doesn't tell her. But he's like, I have to go watch the sunset. I have to go, go watch. watch the the, please watch my son. Sorry, I gotta go. I have to go watch the sunset. Uh, I'm a normal human person. Oh my god! And and we have a really terrible. Uh, so then we do we want to just go through the whole whole subplot? Yeah, they doink. Yeah. yeah, they they bone. We see Fabiana wearing some really horrible tidy whities putting out major uh matthew reese as clark in the americans vibes um and also the child is pius is in the room like yes was, was baby oh, yeah, pius he's in the like, room like while they fucked he's just like in the crib yeah wait is that kid still sleeping in a crib though because he's like walking it's uh, no one knows how old how he do is. babies work he's like he's like a year old or something right maybe maybe kids, do kids walk in a year and four yeah uh, I, I, I'm just interjecting for no reason other than I'm like, what does Fabiano mean as a name? And it means bean farmer. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Oh, he's a bean farmer. All right. Anyway. Oh, no. I, I don't mean, know what that means. <laughs> that's horrible. Uh, but but she also, I do, I do like the moment in that scene where she tells him to shave his body hair. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Really she's good. like, oh, hey, we're going to fuck. But also, hey, like, can you change something like about your fucking <laughs> self? Like, I don't really like that. You, be kind, of, you kind of gross me yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, like, 
Esther is like very much taken advantage of throughout this episode, but there are like moments like that and other moments where it feels like she is mostly just tired and like annoyed at th- that this is the way that the world works. Yes. Uh, and I, I'm, you know, I guess we'll see when how how that develops. When she's getting kicked out of the church house at the beginning in her first scene, and the guy, the priest is basically like, "Well, landlords have rights too." Yes. You know? Oh my god. Or just like when she's like, "What should I do?" Like I'm, I'm so screwed. Like, what should I do? And in my head, I'm like, "Well, we need like a solid like social safety net uh, yes. for people." And he's like, "You need a miracle." I'm like, "No." No. He, he says, "You don't need a miracle." He, no, he yeah. not only says you need a miracle, he says you need a miracle, and then we cut to a shot of him with his hand on her thigh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah, this, uh, but uh, the body hair thing is also, uh, I guess, foreshadowing for what happens to her. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yes, no. I didn't realize that. But okay, so we get like two great tastes that taste great together, which is um, like a weird sex work subplot and like a weird disability <laughs> subplot, <laughs> because basically what Fabiano proposes is that he knows this really rich lady who has a in his words, physically deformed son mm-hmm. uh, who she doesn't let out of the house. Yeah, serious uh, physical deformity. Because of her shame. And um, and he's basically like, hey, if you fuck this kid, I bet she'll pay you. And it's it, he's so like... It's so clear how much he's like planned this. Yes. Oh, yeah. He still talks about it in this way where it feels like he like is forcing her or like she has to like force him to say it, um, it which is like very excruciating. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, he's like, yeah, it's just like, you know, I mean, I, like, I guess like maybe you could do this. Uh, and, and in the very uh, like Italian, again, Italian new wave way, he's just like looking off into the middle distance and like smoking a cigarette and being like, being like, Perhaps I mean, if you want to bring it up that way, then we could maybe arrange uh-huh. a thing. And, and there, there are a lot of shots of them that are framed like where we see them through a window, which also the the end credits or that shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, because and ob- maybe obviously because there's like a lot of voyeurism sort of material in this subplot. But I do I want to ask a, a question. Do you just feel like there's or any parallels between this and the sort of like Voyello Branex Khan? I like didn't have this thought the first time we watched the episode, but the sort of like dance of like him knowing where they're going and like it, it like I couldn't tell if they were supposed to be paired together of like Voyello convincing Branix to be the Pope and then Fabiano oh, yeah. do like and I, I don't mean yeah. that as like a good comparison. No, no, but of, I mean like, like it's, it it's there's yeah, the symmetry to it. I mean, yeah, I think you can make that. Uh, yeah, the, that symmetry, especially because in a way Voyello, Voyello needs him do this you could argue debasing task of being the uh the head of the catholics um even though he has this incredible like trauma about it in order for voello to uh <laughs> maintain power and uh continue the cover-up of the assassination that he had ordered sure maybe <sighs> uh so yeah in a way it's making this self-proclaimed gentle porcelain man force himself into the uh the pub the public eye is it you know love is uh what was it sacrificing yourself or yes, um yes. like that's the same yeah. suggestion with this like basically like low-key i would say it's like coercion but like uh oh yeah I mean, he's a pimp yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely yes. he, he did say he like literally engaged in um, one of the world's oldest professions and mm-hmm. yeah no his and basically they get into this argument where she's like 
oh, that's a sin. Prostitution is a sin. And he's like, it's not a sin. It's charity. And then when she won't budge on it, he's like, well, then Pius's future is worth more than your sin. Mm. Like, so like, and then you she need to sacrifice it, she yourself. She confesses about it and the fucking priest, the priest like, yeah, go the for priest it. The priest who's a landlord is like, sounds good to me, dude. He's like, that's your miracle. Yeah. yeah. You got two miracles, baby. Let's do this. Guy sucks. That guy's a fucking creep as always. He's like worse than so Fabiano, many good creeps in this. Episode. Yeah, the, uh, I mean choice creeps. I think one of the best arcs in this whole. I mean, not to continue ever, uh, using every dialogue to just talk about how much Voyler rules, but he like do, he does rule. Uh, the thing about how there are so many people in this universe who are like you know higher ups in the Catholic Church who are revealed to be creeps. Um, and manipulating all the people around them. And then Voyello is the one person who is in perhaps the situation where he could be the most of a creep and the Mm -hmm. most of an abuser. And he's like at every moment only just trying to keep the the bicycle standing up, you know? Yeah, no, he is... He is the like Atlas with the world on his shoulder. Exactly, yeah. He is not driven by like base desires for like money or like sex or anything. Yeah. And he already has power, so he's just trying to maintain it, I guess. But he also is just trying to like maintain the church. Mm-hmm. He is also self-sacrificing in a way, mm-hmm. in that he just is taking on all of these like sins. Yeah. And the uh I mean I, I don't like So what they go to the 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 guy's house. It's a <laughs> another one of these lavishly appointed villa. Cells. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she goes up to the kid's room and he's basically a werewolf. Well, it's filmed like a horror movie. It's yeah. the thing yeah. that I want to say, it's, which it's, is like, like you're basically like, oh, what kind of like monster is going to be behind this it door? Sucks. And like, we're talking about a person it's who's whole- been like locked in his house by his mother who is ashamed of him. Like we have the scene of like a first person scene of a hand reaching for a door handle, which is literally just like a horror mm-hmm. shot. It's like a reveal. There's like a, ooh, like, yeah, it fu- It sucks. Yeah, it's like all of the worst tropes of the sex work subplot and of like the the disabled stuff that Sorrentino seems to have some weird shit around. Yeah, we're going to talk about that more in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we're trying to um, in that we will be having an extended like serious conversation about it. Uh, is, is there more stuff with Voyle's ward? A little bit of that. There's kind like a of, little Girolamo stuff. Uh, I, I will say this plot do keep going oh yeah no this yeah. because yeah we so we you know we have her kind of like approach this guy and then again symmetry we have faisal and um what's what's her name katrina I katrina believe yeah yeah um this nun and um in like sort of reflected shots we have like katrina like taking her top off or like unbuttoning her top and then also uh esther doing the same with this guy who was just like shot in shadow and you can't actually see his face. Like, I don't think we could originally when we watched it because like our lighting was down on our TV. <laughs> like he, he just is kind of like has like hirsutism or whatever it's it called. Sucks. Like he, he just has hair everywhere. Yeah. And he, he looks like they, I feel like they tried to like use the leftover makeup from the Geico. He, he looks like teen wolf, frankly. Yeah. It sucks. He does like yeah. a little like teen wolf. Yeah. But, but they, and they, they, it like, this these cuts are set to a string version of Ave Maria, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I just like it cuts. You like can't see his face, and then it cuts back to 
this like shot of Esther where you, you can like the most salient thing about her is that like, she's not wearing a bra and you're like, ah, yes. Like this is sort of the Sorrentino nip shot. <laughs> he uh, does love a nip shot. He loves it. And, and it, I, I like couldn't help but think about the, the sort of supposed director's commentary on this being like, when I made this scene, I was thinking about the first time I saw a boob. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do think that Sorrentino is, a genius and he directs every episode right yeah mm-hmm. i do think that he is a genius and every episode of this is like flawlessly executed but this no I, it sucks but this is also like i feel like <laughs> i feel like he is revealing his uh racial biases uh because this is all extremely italian and being like uh, you know the uh the the man he is hairy he is not a person uh the woman she take a top off she debates herself <laughs> Okay, but also <laughs> we do it horror style. She she fears the other. Yeah, yeah. you look like a Donkey Kong. One hundred percent. But also, can we talk about how when she's asking like how much she would get for doing this? He's like, oh, I don't know, like ten or twenty thousand euros. No, he said fifteen or 15 20. or twenty thousand euros, which is like fucking insane. That's a lot of yeah. money. Like that's. That's a that's like fantasy, like someone being like, well, at least I could always like do hooking and then just like imagining that they'll be like get like a million dollars for like letting someone <laughs> touch their titty. <laughs> like that's like the sort of fantasy there. And it's just like, dude, you don't seem to know much about either of these two things that you're like choosing to include in this episode. Like wh- why? Like it's not yeah. even that indecent of a proposal. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Welcome to the segment where we talk about indecent proposal. <laughs> How indecent the proposal? I mean, right? Sex work for disabled people is not a completely foreign or horrifying concept, no. right? Which yeah. is what he is making it seem like it is. Uh, what? Yeah, like the the worst possible scenario, the last resort yeah. for this woman, as opposed to I don't know, balancing daycare with a uh, cleaning job, as she had previously suggested. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe there's a way to do it in the way it, in some fashion of like, I mean, maybe you don't make that Sam Rockwell guy like a total fucking sleazy pimp, but actually like a well-meaning person who's like, I as a like Catholic Church adjacent person think that there is a genuine charity that can be done here in these situations uh, that can also help you and your miracle baby out. And right. my goal is to convince you that this is this isn't prostitution that this is real charity and not do it in this fucking sleazy way. But I, that's not how it's done. The problem, it's like yeah. Movie, the problem yeah. is like, they can't like, he couldn't just be like, Oh, do you want a hook? Because she'd be like, Oh no, it's a sin. And like, so the way that like they have to play that or like for this to work is for there to be that angle. But then the, unfortunately the angle here is just like, Oh, disabled people as like, just, being like these weird monsters who like need charity. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, a literal teen wolf. <laughs> a like, like, yeah. Wolf guy. Yeah. It, it it, it's crazy. Crazy. And Esther also, I think that in like that version, Esther would have more agency and she doesn't really have any here. Like obviously she like, technically is like, Oh yes, I'm going to do this. But the way it's shot, the way that the other actors, like it feels like she's like going through the motions of this narrative. Yeah. She's like on a track and yeah. then he reaches up for her boob. And as soon as he makes physical contact with her boob, she like freaks out and runs away. And that's the, the last cut we get of this whole plot. Well, yeah. And then we also have that, that mirrored scene of that nun trying to make Faisal touch the titty. And he's just like, I'm out. <laughs> he's afraid. He's afraid. He's afraid. He's like, this is too much, man. Yeah, I mean, 
honestly a bunch of fucking that kid's been through a lot (laughs) he's been through a lot he's a refugee living on the vatican grounds right and then he a a cloistered nun is trying to seduce him i feel like in in the middle of a public yeah yeah not even like yeah they just like i honestly feel like alfresco uh you know (laughs) 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 i feel like i would if you know in his situation i'd be like this is this is a trap yeah this is a trap right yeah yeah the I'm gonna touch this titty, and then a bunch of like the uh, Swiss guard are gonna Swiss jump out from behind bushes. Come out of every every door. Yeah, <laughs> I think reasonable the, cho- reasonable choice. The panic button. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah. The, we'll, we'll I don't know. There and also that I do kind of like that though. I mean, I I sort of like that symmetry, and it's kind of interesting that like he he is like the one to run away. And she's just like, no, do it, mm-hmm. do it. Instead of like, you know, you would expect it to be the other way around. Yeah. The the connection I made was like, you know, Pope John Paul III talking about wherever there's fragility, like there's the church and like loving with tenderness, but not passion. Like that nun, was she passionate or tender? Like, was she just, what, what, what was her question. motivation? I think, that, I think that was what I was the most confused about. I think about. sex is, I think, being horny is inherently passion. Yeah. But it's shot in a very tender way. Yeah. But yeah, I know we, we didn't talk about his whole speech where it's basically like the Jedi council telling Anakin like, horny do not be. (laughs) (laughs) We can't do this. Aberrations of love. They are. Oh my God. Fuck me. Um, (laughs) You can't. We can't. We can't. It's just, we can't, we can't do it. Brother Cardinals. (laughs) Um, okay. It turns out that I can do a decent Yoda voice. That's I've never good. really tried before. Um, <laughs> no, but his really. whole thing, yeah, is he just gives this whole thing speech about like the tragedy of Darth Darth Plagueis. The, the tragedy of, of of Lenny uh, po- 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 of Pope Pius <laughs> the Thirteenth. Pope Plagueis. Um, no, but yeah, his whole thing is basically he's like, oh, you're gonna come with me with all these fucking problems. And I'm gonna tell you they're all just aberrations of love, and they're all just perversions of the ways that we love and like the answer is to be less passionate and more tender and like passion like distorts your um priorities and your like ways of interacting with the world and other people Mm -hmm. and um and he's basically like yeah and if you fuck up like you're out you're out of the family and this is this is yeah this is in his speech to the cardinals uh and I'll be honest, the only thing I could think of when he was like, love is like about tenderness without passion. I just sort of like kissed from a rose sort yeah. of, or like careless, <laughs> oh my but, God. you know, like, like I was like, yes, odd, like the soft focus, like 80s, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, that all sounds good on paper, I guess, it? but it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like uh, for if you're giving a, a speech about to the fucking assembled Catholics of being like, you know, don't don't be passionate about anything. But do family and like do a family. Yeah, do a family. Do a tender embrace. Do a growth. Yeah, don't, <laughs> do a growth with your family. Embrace. Yeah, yeah. But don't like don't get uh, excited about anything. Because but is that him encouraging people to be repressed? Yeah, like, basically. That, yeah, like him. Yeah, he like wants him. everyone. Yeah, to be him. yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's kind of clear. I think in the, between this and the speech that he gives to like the assembled faithful, that he like doesn't really know what the fuck he's talking like he's kind of rambling in that speech where he's just like this is what you are and this is what i am and that's what birds are 
this uh, is what the sky is it was i was saying when we were watching it's like it's very joe biden-y where like you're not really sure what he loses track halfway like, through yeah actually mean. and he was installed by the people dnc he was yeah, there you go he's our he's the centrist he's the centrist pope but it's interesting that like when he's talking about like don't be passionate like isn't the whole point of like christianity like succumbing to pa- like well like passion. passion of the christ that was a that was a movie right yeah. yeah that was definitely a movie well i think the point is that the christ feels passion ah uh, so I, I you don't like, have to but you have to ch- but you can't if you don't channel it then what are you even doing i i feel like the thing about catholicism is like submission to right to yeah the, like mm-hmm. there is one person ever who is the son of god who did the bad thing uh, and got killed and he experienced passions, but he, because he has done that, you do not have to. You just do have to submit because yourself to God. Because he watched the yeah. 1990s sitcom, or sorry, soap opera, Passions. Passions. <laughs> you do not have to. Yeah, exactly. You just submit yourself to him and let him recap Passions to you. Exactly. On the Passions Recap Podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I will I will say uh, the, I think that those are like different meanings of passion like the the original christian meaning of passion so this is welcome to the segment where i read from wikipedia uh no the 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 root of like passion as a christian concept is like the the about like suffering Mm -hmm. yeah right and that that like then becomes i think sort of like linguistically imbued with horniness and like horniness as suffering Um, which i guess is technically what he's talking about uh no yeah exactly because i think that the I mean, you can't say that that in in this show like this that is like so well studied about this that he's not making the dual meaning of being like that is the problem with love, right? Is that love means two things? It means the 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 tenderness and the simplicity and the suffering that comes with love, right? Uh, so I mean, I think that that is what he's saying is that we need to uh, strip out all the stuff that is passionate that is both uh you know in our current positive uh, uh connotations fiery burning yearning desire but then in the traditional christian uh ramifications like suffering uh removal dying destroying yeah getting rising again rising again exactly you you can't separate i feel like that's the thing right but that's what he's trying to do exactly right yeah you can't separate them it's like once you've solved the problem of the lament configuration (laughs) oh my god all the passion is both suffering and horniness but i feel like this is also like it's in the box (laughs) from my very limited knowledge i feel like this is also kind of a buddhist thing of like tenderness being this kind of like embracing love of like all things whereas like passion is like desire which Mm -hmm. like leads to suffering Mm mm-hmm which, which leads, leads to fear. To which leads to fear. <laughs> which is a hate, which is the dark side, of course. Uh, oh Lord. no! Uh, but he, yeah, he, we, he get, we get a lot of that, and then we do. I want to like pick. A, a, there's like such a good moment in this speech where he talks about love being an abstract concept, mm-hmm. which is like mirroring sort of what Gutierrez. It's a direct said quote yeah. from when he asked Gutierrez to speak to him of love in uh, episode two. There's this like very adorable moment where Gutierrez smiles and like kind of like puts his hand on his chest, like "Oh, who me?" Like, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I found that very sweet that he just is like he's like yes, like. We're with friends. His hand on his shoulder, and then it's later lightly brushed off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he 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 be he be brushing off the papal dirt. Uh. Yeah. And it's just like I don't know. It was an interesting like relationship that I'm excited. Oh, uh, to we see forgot develop. to mention a very important Gutierrez uh Brannock scene, which is that one where they're being spied on 
by what's his name? Asante. And um, uh, Branix is like, I know the opinion you formed of me that I'm a socialite. <laughs> and like Gutierrez is like, socializing is important. Think of all the things that happened to Jesus during the Last Supper. What a good ode. That was yeah. a social event. Like, it's just like, what a crazy boom, party. goes the dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. But then they're friends. That's, he, he, de- that was like definitely him channeling Lenny. Mm-hmm. That was like a thousand percent him channeling Lenny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was him being like, you're not the only witty, like, bone right. guy yeah. in this room. Like, <laughs> I got you, dude. Uh, yeah, and I think I think we have. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think we're like most of the way through the episode. I think there's like one more thing that I think we haven't covered. So maybe we can we can go through that, which is the the sort of brewing conflict with the nuns. Um, yes. Because we get this scene early in the episode where the nuns are putting all this money into a jar. We don't necessarily know how they got it because they're cloistered nuns. As I think, uh, I, I don't know who who was asking that they're while page- we were watching. I, I was. Maybe they have a Patreon. Yeah. yeah, individual Patreon, so, uh-huh. only fa- none, only fans, uh, none only, none uh, only. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Habit forming uh, xxx dot com. Hey. Uh-huh. Uh, but but the, the, they they only collect ninety euros for this nun sister Lizette to uh, who is like a model. Like this is weird. Yeah, her like, bone structure is like yeah, wild. It's like whack <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is, is the sister who wants to go visit her dying parents different from the one who is yes i believe so yes they, from the one who is what uh, the horny one the banging fizel oh yeah no they're different the horny yeah. one is like much younger the white caps kind of make them all look, look a the, little same, bit the same especially the younger ones maybe the point mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah no sister lizette is like older looks like an influencer i yes. didn't i didn't realize that those are two different people i thought that the one that was hooking up with fizel was the same as the one who wanted to go see her uh, dying di- parents mm. Uh, but they they try Mom. to take up this collection and they don't have enough money, so they go to um, Voyello's second Luigi. Luigi. Luigi, oh my god, who really gets up to some shit in this episode? He's he, try, he's trying to get a date for a concert in the Sistine Chapel. No, no, no. Well, no they, he's they, giving they, them tickets. Yeah, yeah. Well, to the, that well, then, musical. But it's not, no, in the Sistine Chapel. it's not in the Sistine Chapel. Oh. No, they, they ask if it's in the Sistine Chapel because they're like, oh, is it like on the premises? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, it's just like a normal theatrical production. It's like, we can't like leave the Vatican. And he's like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot. Like, I have all this power. And then he calls don't. somebody else and yeah. asks if they want to go. In the middle of the in conversation. In the middle of the conversation. He's like, hey, do you want to go see this thing? And we'll get a pizza afterwards. God. Uh, and and he he really relishes right. This is I think the contrast with Voyello. Mm-hmm. Voyello like enjoys sort of enjoys having power for the sake of like because he knows he can do things with it. And Luigi is enjoying sort of having this power just because he likes being able to deny other people. Yes. Um. And he's such an asshole because that's he doesn't tell Voyello about it. He like mentions that that Cardinal Spalletta, the one who looks like a, a terrible like flop sweat perv man the guy from the the bunker we, we hate him uh that he got into bentley because the nuns mentioned that in the meeting and then he doesn't bring up the request for this like probably not very extensive amount of money uh yeah 200 euros 200 euros to- yeah the people Catholic are throwing church. around twenty thousand euros <clears throat> to like for like an indecent proposal like francis, come on francis ii would never have stood for this uh, and he 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 doesn't tell Voyello, which I think is why Voyello ignores it when the nuns are like yelling at him. I don't think I think the Voyello like he because he just doesn't know. Yeah, but I also think he's not he's not gonna like take time out of his day to figure it out either. Like no. two, two nuns in distress are like that's not you know that's not yeah. an issue for him. Uh, yeah, but 
Yeah, and it, it seems like it's gonna because like they're pissed, obviously. So this whole nun thing is obviously something that I think they want us to uh, pay attention to because it's literally the opening of these first three app, three apps, like uh-huh. the, the 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 you know intro sequences, them dancing to that Sophie Tucker song, and now we have these two plots, which is both both the nun trying to get to see her parents, and then the other nun who is maybe having this flirtation with this refugee. So I don't know. I, I'm still not sure what he wants us to get from this. But I'm excited to see where the num plot goes. Well, so I mean, we should talk about the <clears throat> the end of this plot for now, mm-hmm. which is like I think cl- quite close to the end of the episode. We have this shot of uh, I believe this is right. This is Sister Lizette. Right? It's Lizette. Yeah. yeah, she's getting a tattoo in the nunnery in mm-hmm. in the, the, the nun nunnery, room. and it's a nun with a raised fist. Yes. I don't understand what's going on with this tattoo, but I do love it a lot. Are the yeah. nuns in rebellion? Right. So that's the thing. Yeah. Right? It's, like, it's like, I guess that's what you're supposed to take away this from is, it. Yeah. That they're the, they're, we got militant nuns now. Militant nuns. Uh, our second crossover with Watchmen. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where I enjoy how kind of ambiguous and mysterious this whole plot is, is being because like if it was being told more directly, it would probably be way more stupid. Uh, but the idea that you just get like, and again, the uh, hate to keep bringing this up. The, the thing about it that makes it kind of Lynchian is that like you don't get the full picture. You just get like a little brief glimpse in, and you right. And it's you, very impressionistic, and yeah. you have to be like, wait, is this what's actually happening? And the show is not going to tell you the whole story, but you have to figure it out between the lines, which is always great because what you imagine about the story is always better than being literally told everything about it. Yes. Also, the way they treat these uh, be be costumed, be be uniformed, holy people with like jobs, kind of in the Vatican, where same with like all the cardinals and stuff. Where I'm just like, who were you before you put on this outfit? Like that's one of my favorite things well, that this show makes cre- me think yeah, and feel. They're always just like, no one cared who I was till I put on the costume. <laughs> 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 Like who, like who are these like young, like, you know, fertile looking women, which like for, you know, fertility, we had this shot of this like very like globular boob, Mm -hmm. like beautifully lit. Like who are these like young ladies who have devoted their lives to God who appears to be maybe rewarding them, but then man is not like, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what these tattooed hoes are going to do. Hell yeah. Very exciting. I think they're definitely going to dance to Sophie Tucker's the more. Oh my gosh. Great. Can't wait to see. Uh, I I am shocked. I I can't believe that I was going to like a title sequence to The Young Pope or The New Pope more than the last one. And I think I do. I think I prefer this one. Mm, I just I can't I can't I the, the one moment we got the uh the all along the watchtower back, I was I was hooting and hollering. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's I feel like it's hard, right? Cuz like there's a level of consistency to this season so far where like all of the other characters are so fleshed out and we enjoy right like Voyello obviously like absolute lad Gutierrez also an absolute lad yep. Sophia like not a lad but very absolute in sort of her own way She's like an honorary lad yeah yeah uh right and sort of like there's more consistency but the peaks are not as high because in the first title sequence, you get the peak obviously, which is Jude law waking at the camera and there's nothing that's sort of quite so singular. in This one, it's just consistently like, Holy shit, this is crazy. Although 
I will say I do like the way that the title sequence kind of like breaks down by this episode. Like in the first one, it's just like this long shot of like them all kind of like writhing. Mm-hmm. When you get to this episode, it's like almost more like a dove commercial or something where it's just like <laughs> people just like dancing on their own and yeah. then like looking at back at the camera. Yeah. And like if the music were different and the lighting were different, it would just be like that. Yeah. Um, this so makes me feel free. We will right, say, yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, cut out the uh, the clip from the first episode of the the title sequence and put it in uh shared it in the folder with Molly and I's wedding designer of like the aesthetic that we wanted for our wedding. Oh my god. I want that cross so bad. I want that cross. If it's we could have that cross. Giant cross. It would uh, fit it would fit really well in this space. Yeah, and li- <laughs> lighting up in the, those ways. Uh anyway, yeah. Uh vibes. Vibes. Very vibes. very powerful people vibes. Uh yeah, I don't know is there is there anything else that anybody wants to wants to add about the episode? I love the young pope. I love that young pope. The the do you love the new pope though? Well, I'm I'm putting this all. It this, this is the new pope, but it's all under the young pope brand. Yeah, the, the young pope, pope is extended universe. The right, pope it's the young pope and young pope two and the new pope. Yeah, it's just it's just such a fun singular show. I love I love the show so much. I love hanging out in this universe. I love every time that it surprises me with new weird shit. Uh, talking about high peaks. Uh, the, the, from the last episode where the dove flies in and steals his speech God. and that's the inciting incident for him uh becoming the going like off script yeah and- going off script and stuff it's it's all the ways in which uh he grounds the show in both being very messy and political and of the temporal and of the world but like constantly having the presence of the divine in it because it's the, like everything is literally true. The divine is very awkward sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this show rocks. Uh, and thank you guys for having us on to talk about it because I mean, it's, it's kind of an Ouroboros because we only know it because of you, because yeah. of you guys. <laughs> you're, you're welcome for, but then for we became big enough stands that we would be legitimate guests on, on, on the show. That's the miracle of pod substantiation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is oh, my, no. my pod and my blood. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah uh do you guys want to uh you know tell people where they can find you uh online or before we we do the flip do you have any closing thoughts you want to share about the the app i i don't know i do do i get the same tattoo that the nun got like it's kind (laughs) of cool also very painful positioning too yeah Yeah. stick and poke on the spine i can't imagine would be a pleasant experience but that's suffering baby yeah suffer for the lord that's a point Passion. Yeah. Uh, so Passion. W- where, yeah, where can people suffer for the Lord through your content? <laughs> oh, please suffer through our content. <laughs> uh, we do a podcast called and introducing. It's a, uh, about the stories of musicians. We typically read uh, musicians memoir uh, or a long article about a musician. And then we talk about that and play clips and like talk about how they uh, work in their lives and music and society. We just talked about Dave Matthews band, which I don't know if this is the best sell for anyone, the best entry point, but we definitely, I don't know. We talk about the passion of the Dave. Yeah. If you want to hear like two people who've never seriously considered Dave Matthews band, uh, like try to really seriously consider Dave <laughs> Matthews band. Our minds around Dave Matthews band. I thought it was pretty good. I think we had a lot of yeah. good, uh, we had a lot of fun on that, uh, on that episode. And that's at soundcloud.com slash and dash intro dash pod. Uh, and I also produce a little show called uh, Chapo Trap House, which you can find online wherever you want to find it. Uh, and we're going back to Iowa to shoot more video to make another documentary like the one that Molly uh, was the lead camera person on and I directed uh, for Chapo Trap House. It's our experience at the Iowa State Fair last summer, and we're going to follow the 
primaries back through Iowa and oh god, uh, New Hampshire and Nevada. Maybe uh, it's a good time it, to pray. IowaGoodVibes.com. Uh, where? Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, I was about to ask where people can can find those vibes. Find the vibes. IowaGoodVibes.com. I think it's pretty fun. That's that's it. That's, that's all yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for for being here. I feel like yeah. Really- thanks for listening. Uh, if you like this show. Uh, you might like our other shows that we do. We do a bunch of shows and they're all in this feed. So you're probably already seeing them. Uh, if you're just here for this one, check out the other ones. I promise they're good. Um, fan with is the flagship fan by podcast. It's nominally about video games, but I promise we don't talk about them that much. Trust me. It's all about yeah. building social link with God. Yeah. <laughs> it's mostly about God and improving your social credit store. Yeah. Social credit score. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, you know, social capital that's really big right now. Um, all that stuff. So so fan width is good. Uh we also do a show called You Love to See It, which is a movie rewatch podcast. Uh that one's good. You know, they're all good. So just check them out and go to fanbyte.com if you like our content because we've got written stuff there and you can follow us at fanbyte media. Uh Eric, where can people find you online? If you really want to, uh, you can find me at uh, Eric Therm on th- Twitter, where I mostly post screenshots from the young or new pope or screenshots from anime or both, um, which I'm, I'm really excited to, to dig into the show Vatican Miracle Examiner, because I really think it's going to be like a big font of like crossover content. Ooh, wow. <laughs> is that an anime? Yeah, it's an anime <laughs> that like, is like a, about like, yeah. Wait. Vatican Miracle Examiner. I can't tell if you're joking. You're I'm, I'm not joking. Well, we'll talk about it. Well, I'll, I'll show you after. Okay, tell me off the air. Uh, uh, also, are you still doing recaps or reviews? Yes, I'm doing uh, episode episodic reviews of The New Pope for the AV Club. Mm. So if you go to the AV Club and uh, search for The New Pope, you will find some stuff that I wrote about it. Um, and you can keep an eye out for some more stuff coming up. Uh, I will hopefully be... Uh, digging in a little bit to the the yikes warning uh, material and thinking a little bit uh, in a more serious context about the like very very bizarre stuff happening uh, with this ability in the show. Cool. Very yeah. Fun. Content. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Merritt K. Oh, Fanbyte's on Byte now too. So we're Fanbyte on Byte. We also got uh, I think we got at CNN at IGN. Uh, we, we've registered a whole bunch of them, so just, you know, look for your favorite brand and we might already own that. We're squatting on it. We're going to, Oh, amazing. We're going to make our big bucks selling at CNN. Back to CNN. Back to CNN on, on bite the new vine. Um, yeah. And I guess until next time, do you guys know our cat, our catchphrase that we sign off with? Uh, I do not. No. It's, um, it's, it's. We're, is it is it time is it time for us to to get a new or are we sticking? We with? want a new catchphrase. <laughs> Say the phrase. Say it. Do it. I mean, it's we're the popes we're now. We're the popes now. We're the popes now. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the pope, I'm the pope now. now. There's a new pope now. Uh, no, as a uh, wh- okay. Wh- what do you think about what do you think about uh, taking the first step toward God? No, that's too much. Okay, we're we're the popes now. We're the popes now. We're the popes now. We're doing it. You said it three times. I said it three it's times. True. <laughs> I Bye. 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 Oh, he's a boy.